Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of SMB Tech Talk podcast series. This is Sandy Ono, and today I have the pleasure of being joined with Nick Dyer, our storage technologist from HPE. Hi, Nick. Hey, good day. How is it going? Pretty good. Well, Nick, you know, one of the things we wanted to dive into today is really just that hyperconverged infrastructure seems to be a really hot topic lately. Maybe just to, to get us going here, could you tell us a little bit about what is HCI and maybe start at the basics here? Absolutely. So hyperconvergence is a, a way of managing multiple types of infrastructure, servers, networks, and storage typically with some sort of hypervisor that's layered on top. And the idea is it takes all the complexity of deployment, of management, of scalability into a very, very simple and clean management interface. So rather than having different areas of management, installation, all the complexity that goes with it, it typically collapses all of those management panes into a single easy to consume platform for IT operations. That makes a lot of sense. Everybody's looking for simplicity these days, right? In the wave of what could be a lot of complex. Just so people can kind of put their mind frame there, what are some typical use cases or where have you seen HCI deploy that's been really useful for our customers? Hyperconvergence was something that came to the market over the last 10 years, triumphed by certain types of application sets. So it really became very successful based on applications which were very easy to consume and very easy to scale. So what I mean by that is kind of applications like virtual desktops. With virtual desktops, it's very easy to figure out how much resource you need for 10 virtual desktops than you need for 100 virtual desktops and so on and so forth. So it's very easy to build a, a building block kind of framework to add more resources when you need those kinds of applications. So that's really where the experience started. And it allowed consumers to benefit from a very simple to consume architecture for those kinds of applications. And over the years, we've then tried to add our business critical applications and our kind of applications that don't normally scale in a single dimension. And we've been trying to add hyperconvergence and hyperconvergence to those applications. And that's where the story has become a little more diverged over the last few years. Nick, could you talk a little bit about what are some examples of those business critical applications and people are really seeing hyperconverge benefit their business? Hyperconvergence really shines for customers that have very typical back office workloads that tend not to change. So if you know that your workloads are the same day in, day out, week after week, month after month, hyperconvergence is a great fit because you need to make sure everything fits on a single platform in a very nice, uniform way to make sure that they run correctly. Applications like mission-critical databases, data warehouses, you might have application sets which are very heavy on development or test, which you don't control when they start and stop. Those kinds of applications tend to grow in multiple different ways, with capacity, with performance, and that's where the challenges with hyperconvergence comes in, because hyperconvergence doesn't allow you to scale individual components. You can't just add more storage or more compute to the platform. But also it's very hard to figure out where some of the challenges within the platform are. We call it more so a black box penalty, where you trade off the simplicity of hyperconvergence more towards the black box of not being able to see inside to figure out where some of those performance can be. And that's where in large IT environments and in 
kind of workloads which really require major performance. That's really where we started to see not its struggle as such, but where the complexity has started to come in. I see. And Nick, I've heard a little bit about what is maybe termed disaggregated HCI. What is that? How does that play into some of these workloads and use cases you're talking about? Indeed. Over the last 10 years, we've seen customers across all sectors, you know, small, medium, large enterprises, private, public sector run towards hyperconvergence with open arms. Over the last 10 years, we've learned a huge amount of kind of lessons where hyperconvergence really shines and where hyperconvergence sometimes struggles. And what the industry as a whole has started to kind of work out is that maybe disaggregating the platform as such. So really decoupling the server framework away from the storage framework, but whilst at the same time keeping this single management experience, the whole idea of a very simple to consume platform, by disaggregating the resources within the infrastructure, it allows you to harness the benefits of individual compute or storage resources, but at the same time get that very simple to consume management pain over the top. So you still don't need a, a team of engineers to install, configure, or even troubleshoot the platform. Great. Makes a lot of sense in terms of how you can have a single management experience, but be able to scale quicker and faster. Nick, you know, there's also been kind of lots of deployments I'm sure you've personally seen. What have we kind of learned around where HPE has seen HCI really take off? Is that at the edge? Is it within data centers? Just your thoughts. Within HPE, we believe that there are two main opportunities for hyperconvergence in the future. One absolutely is in the edge, and edge isn't really the right kind of terminology to, to give it, but it's anything that requires IT infrastructure away from a master data center. So that could be a retail outlet. It could be multiple remote sites around the world. It could be even something such as a manufacturing site. It could be a, a banking location. And that's where you tend not to have major IT demands or even major IT team availability, but you still need very high performance. You might need a very small form factor or footprint. And also you need a way to protect your data at, at that one place, but also global fleet management. We believe that IT vendors do a pretty bad job at looking after that market. And so we see a huge area of growth over in what we call the enterprise edge. And then flipping that on its head, the core applications and the core data center, typically where we've had big monolithic application sets, big monolithic IAM, customers don't want very hard to consume platforms. They don't want multiple GUIs to manage. They want a very simple experience from a deployment, a management, a scalability, but also most importantly, break fix that the pandemic and the COVID problem that we've been in now for the last year means that people can't get to data centers. Everyone has to shelter at home and work remotely. They need something that they know that they can troubleshoot remotely and essentially make sure that it works no matter how many people they have on the team. But they need that very high performance, that very low latency, and they need to be able to scale where it requires. That's where disaggregating hyperconvergence and get that really unique experience from a management perspective plays extremely well. Makes sense. I think the more dispersed we are, again, that definition, the edge certainly has expanded, but the need for high performance and low latency certainly heightens as 
physically, we're all working from different places as well. It makes a lot of sense. With regards to that, Nick, what do IT pros need to consider when they're thinking about HCI? So my advice is, it's really important to consider your needs, not just for the here and now. Don't just think about what you need for the next six months or so. Really have one eye on the future, but also more importantly, how that might impact your scale. And when you're thinking about that scalability impact, what could be the potential cost implications that come from that? In customer bids, we've seen traditional hyperconvergence environments treble or quadruple in costings when it comes to only adding even a small amount of resources in the later years. And that's been very, very eye-opening for customers because they were led to believe that it was going to be very cheap to scale and very cheap to consume over that period of time. And a good example is in the UK, hospital was craving this hyper-converged experience because they wanted a simpler management plane. They had too many outages and performance issues. And this is a, a mission-critical environment. It's a hospital. They need to make sure that it's always going to be on. It's always available. What shocked them was when they looked at hyperconvergence and really investigated it, they found out that due to its scalability challenges, they were going to see a cost implication of over $8 million over three years due to potential growth rates that they may need to factor in. Whereas with disaggregated hyperconvergence, it would only be $2 million over the same period. And so when they started to really think about not what they needed now, but over that three to five year period, it really opened their eyes to, okay, this is a, a bigger thing that I need to think about and a bigger conversation, not just about maybe what marketing's telling me today. That definitely makes sense and what people need to think about as they're deploying HCI. And Nick, maybe just as we close out here for our listeners, what would be kind of your top advice as people are thinking about what they need to do next, how HCI plays into their technology infrastructure? Just maybe top three things people like to keep in mind. So I would say the, the hype of hyperconvergence is real. The way to consume, manage, and upgrade your platform is, is certainly the Nevada that we're all trying to strive towards. I would say evaluate every vendor that you're talking to on their merits, but also cross-evaluate them and really think about what your business requires compared to what the vendors are going to give you from a TCO perspective just today, as well as what you're going to see in the future. I'd also think about where you want to be in the next three to five years and what projects you think you might want to implement. The world is starting to evolve into the next phase, into containerization with Kubernetes. And we're going to see that roll out across the enterprise, the mid-market and the SMB. So think about a platform consideration. Where do you need to be now? What problems do you need to fix? But how is what you're looking at now also going to give you that ramp to what you want to adopt in the future? And thirdly, it really is all about making your life easier. If a technology doesn't make your life easier, if it really is just about speeds and feeds and, you know, kind of bells and whistles around features, but it doesn't really return anything to you as the end user, really consider how that's going to impact your life. Because from everyone I've spoken to over the last year, because we're all working remotely and sheltering at home, this has become the biggest eye-opener for us in the IT pro community. Because we're all homeschooling, we're working from home, we're having to juggle our weekend lives with our work lives, really think about how this can 
benefit you from a, a work perspective, but also a home perspective? And how can it give you a better quality of life? Thanks so much for chiming in today, Nick. Really appreciate your insights. Those are great tips and advice for our listeners. Oh, thank you for having me. For more information, please visit us at hpe.com. And up on the search, just type in DHCI. Thanks so much for joining us and have a great day.